Hi, this is Julie Dolan. This is Liz Dolan. This is Sheila Dolan. This is Monica Dolan. This is Leanne Dolan. You're listening to another classic, classic, classic episode of Satellite Sisters to Go. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. Liz, I'm going to do something I've never done on the show before. I'm going to rescind a Satellite Sisters of the Week honor. You're going <laughs> you to are? Rest, really? Yes, I am. Harsh. I've never done it before, but I feel that it's necessary. I'm rescinding a Satellite Sisters of the Week honor. I'll fill you in later What on. could someone have done to deserve such harsh punishment? Roxanne. Oh, <laughs> Okay. okay. Say no more. Okay. Say no more. Right. I think I think I know where you're headed with this, okay. Monica. How are you doing there in Portland, Oregon? Good, Liz. I guess I I finally realized this morning that you know my vacation's really over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had kind of this extended vacation. You know, she, Lee, and I went to Walt Disney World. We we're in Florida. I went to the Caribbean. Last week I went to Los Angeles to be with you guys. It was sunny. When I got home yesterday, I mean, it it's. It sunk in. It's over. <laughs> it's miserable here. And then I opened up my American Express bill, and I knew the vacation was over. Oh, the party is over. All right. I thought you were going to say, like, your house had sunk in because there was so much rain in Portland, Oregon. No, just the American Express bill. Sinking in. Sinking in. Well, this weekend, Liz, I went to the theater. You, you know, did? Normally, Monica, Liz and I go to the theater together. We right, have a, we have a subscription right, together. To the taper, Bear Can I Go and Liz and a and Whoever a I can dig up. Right. <laughs> and, and this time, Monica, I just, I warned her off. Normally, we go to the theater. We don't even know what we're seeing or who's in it. Sometimes we don't even know the name of the play. Oh, it's they best. Just, you go in just, with an open mind. Totally yeah. open mind. They just come up and, oh, It there goes go. from, like, 19th century comedy of manners to, like... East German performance art, yeah. all in one season. Right, so you never know. But this this play was called 13, and it was a musical about being 13. And I had actually read the reviews, <laughs> and the reviews were like, this is a very... Is it for adults? Well, it was a very fine high school musical, but I, it was a mystery why it was staged on, like, a major theater in Los Angeles. Because that's what it was, like a super excellent High school musical. But they were actual high school students? Monica, they were the most talented junior high students. That's what was incredible. So we took our junior high son. Yeah. Oh, we good. took our middle school son. Waved me us. off. Yeah. Said that the, Forget it. you know, better to bring an 11-year-old who aspires to being 13 than to bring me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, here's the thing. These kids were so incredibly talented. And we didn't, we got into the seats and, and I didn't get to read the program fully. So after, and I just kept saying, wow, every time they opened their mouth or they did a dance number or they said their lines, I was like, this is just, wow, these kids are really good because it did look like a high school musical. So you were sort of expecting high school musical quality. Mm-hmm. And yet these kids, you know, sounded like American Idol. They sounded better. Right. And when you say high school musical, you don't mean like Disney Channel high school musical. No. You mean high school well, musical. Right. Like I, your local high yeah, school yeah. when they put on a musical. Right. Yeah, Roger Pippen. Ludlow's production of Pippin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, right. Or Grease or something. You know what I'm talking about. Your sons and daughters have been in it before. They're usually like two or three kids that can actually sing and they have to raise up the entire cast of 47 children. You know what I mean? So afterwards, I was like, wow, that was really good for a high school musical. And um, 
And then I looked at all their bios because it's I had the you know the press the program, and everything the program. Well, they've all been on Broadway. Like yeah, every single I, yeah, kid I knew you the, were going to say that. They're all professional kids. <laughs> yes, they are. I mean, they're all eighth graders from Los Angeles, but they've also like debuted on Broadway or recorded albums with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Oh, or no. here's one young boy who's named Ellington Radcliffe. He's named after Duke Ellington oh. because his parents met in the Broadway show Sophisticated Ladies. Okay, oh. fine. <laughs> they've all appeared in Beauty and the Beast somewhere, and <laughs> and Oliver somewhere. So it was a very enjoyable show. If you were 13 or under, Liz. Okay, so, good. Then we made the right choice. Your boys enjoyed it. Totally made the right choice. They loved it. And then the next day, you know, Sunday morning, it's one of the few days here that I get to sleep in. Yeah. You know, because of our work schedule and stuff like that. And when I say sleep in, I mean till 7. Okay. Yes. That's our, you know, family standard. Don't come upstairs till 7. You know, and as you know, my younger son, he's 9. He's never slept. In nine years, he's never slept. If That's you, true. If you look at the average hours of sleep, like a newborn was supposed to get, or a two-year-old, or a five-year-old, he was always a good two or three hours under that. And I kid you not. You know, mm-hmm. a newborn's supposed to get like ten to fourteen hours. Okay, new mothers, are you listening? Ten to fourteen hours, and he'd get like eight. You know, total in the whole day that encompassed naps, which he did away with at like eight months. So I was exhausted for like seven years, totally exhausted. You're only just getting back on your feet. I am totally getting back on my feet. So I was surprised this weekend when I was reminded of those early days when I got no sleep or woken up like a jarring wake up at five in the morning because at like 6.15 he comes upstairs and hops into bed. And sometimes he hops into bed with us just to go back to sleep. Uh huh. But no, my husband was downstairs watching English Premier League soccer at six in the morning. He's, <laughs> oh, he boy. sent Colin up. Oh, Colin, that's not fair. I think he thought Colin was going to get back in bed. And then Colin proceeded to tell me every single detail of the Groundhog book that I had given him for his birthday. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's cute, Liz. Because his birthday is Groundhog it's, it's Day. Groundhog Day. So I had given him the Groundhog book, and it seemed like when we were at the theater, he had read the entire thing and was just bursting to share information about, <laughs> about, about Groundhog. Groundhogs. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, you know how sometimes kids, they can make like a 10-page book or a 10-minute TV show? It takes them two and a half hours to call that. I was like, oh, enough, enough. <laughs> He's like, and then, Mom, did you know they can move 700 pounds of dirt? I didn't know that. Did you know groundhogs and woodchucks, same animal? Oh. oh. Did you know that? Well, that answers a big question I've always had. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck? chuck? <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? What is a groundhog anyway? Because we're familiar with the woodchuck. It's a, and every time I see a groundhog there on Groundhog Day, looks mighty like a woodchuck to me. There you go, same same animal. Uh. It is also related to the squirrel, in case you were wondering. It's part of the marmot family of animals. Huh. So people that study them are, in fact, called marmotologists. <laughs> Just, and your son taught um, you this at 6 o'clock in the morning? 6 o'clock Sunday? in the morning. And I, it seems like your son is headed in that direction, to become yeah. a mar- marmotologist. Or a marmotophile, which is just people that enjoy groundhogs. <laughs> <laughs> also, also mentioned in the book. But, you know, when you're woken up from a dead sleep and you just so want to go back to sleep and your child so won't shut up that you're just, ah. Oh. So later on in the day, I found myself just sitting on the couch watching The Cutting Edge on Lifetime. Are you familiar with that skating movie from the early 90s? (laughs) (laughs) This is fantastic. Starring Moira Kelly and and, and not Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney, but that third actor. The earlier version of. That third actor that looks like both of them. I was like, I must be really tired if this is what I'm doing with the beautiful Sunday afternoon. 
Well, I was going to ask you, you know, yesterday was World Marriage Day. I was going to ask how you and your your husband celebrated World Marriage Day, but... You know what? A shocking development. What? Shocking development. At some point yesterday afternoon, my husband looked at me and said, Wednesday is Valentine's Day. Great, Leanne. Would you like to go to a movie? I was so I couldn't believe it. (laughs) First, he said dinner in a movie, and I hated to be the wet blanket, but people spent like... The last month and a half trying to get reservations for Valentine's Day. So he's like, how about just popcorn and a movie? And then he shocked me even further by picking up the telephone and calling his mom to see if she could watch the kids. Really? It was unbelievable. What brought this on? I don't know. World Marriage Day, perhaps. I guess. I I I mean, your husband's a very good guy, but but he's not a planner. Not a planner. No, not a planner. Like, I mean, no, not at all. Normally, I mean, not really a big holiday guy, you know, thinks of Valentine's Day as purely a Hallmark holiday uh-huh. concocted to get him to waste money. You know, that's been... So he refuses to participate? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so it was shocking. So maybe that was an honor of Royal Marriage Day. Are you going to go see that new, that Will Ferrell skating movie looks hilarious. Have you seen the, the trailer? Liz, I saw the trailer last it does night. Look that does look funny. <laughs> I don't I don't think it opens. He uh, was, his interest was piqued, shockingly enough, by music. Music and lyrics. Uh, you no. Know. Yeah, as but oh, we, that looks like a fun romantic. It comedy. opens on Valentine's. Hugh Grant, yeah. Drew Barrymore, and then he has. And I should be suspicious of this, but the only couple times that we've tried to go to the movies lately and it's failed, of course, is um, Volver, the Penelope oh. Cruz movie. I'm like, I just don't know. I want to go see a Penelope Cruz movie. Well, on, but on Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know. What, you see her as competition? <laughs> no. You think that's what you're really up yeah, against? no. No, not at all. <laughs> anyway, so we'll be doing something. Going to a movie on That's Valentine's very exciting. Day. It's a huge weekend for me. Huge. All right, coming up later in the show, we're taking your calls on the Grammys. 866-33-SISTER. 866-337-4783. But Liz has an update, speaking of theater, an update on the theater in Florida that changed the marquee to the hoo-ha monologues. <laughs> What's happened now? We're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. last night. <laughs> really, there he was. Nominated. He bothers to show up. Man, just give him something. <laughs> or have but, him perform. Yeah, I mean, the his Super Bowl performance was way better than anything last night. Yes, Even though was. there were some highlights mm-hmm. last night's show. But anyway, we're the Satellite Sisters. We're going to be taking your calls on what you thought of the Grammy Awards last night. Our number is 866-33-SISTER. Who did you love? Who were you a little disappointed by? We experienced a little disappointment here at Satellite Sisters HQ. We'll explain that in a second. 866-337-4783 is our number. But first, I have one theatrical update. Last week, we talked about how the when Valentine's Day comes around, it's a very popular time 
for local theater companies to stage Eve Ensler's play, The Vagina Monologues. Mm -hmm. And over the years since that play was uh, originally launched, the staging of the play, it all raises money for charity. And they've raised more than $30 million dollars. For the VJ Foundation. It's really V-day. a, a sorry, lot. <laughs> Is it VJ or V-Day? We're <laughs> starting it's already, Liz. The V-Day Foundation. V-day. Anyway, so there was a theater in Atlantic Beach, Florida, that was staging the play and had the vagina monologues listed on their marquee. And a woman drove by with her 12-year-old niece in the car, and she was offended seeing that word on the marquee. So the theater uh, changed the marquee. And to read the hoo-ha monologues. <laughs> okay. Now, we had a little discussion about this on Satellite Sisters on Friday. And you were very helpful calling in and emailing with other suggestions of other words they might have used on the marquee. Most of which, we can't even say those on the right. radio Right. They were either. worse than They were vagina. worse than hoo-ha. <laughs> oh, yeah. And way worse than vagina, which is just a real word. You know, it's a real word. Well, anyway, the news is the organizers, the people that own the theater, then they started to get complaints about changing the name. So they've gone back to the real name of the play, the Vagina mon- Monologues, is now on the uh, the mar- marquee because it turns out you're not allowed to just rename a play. Oh. You know what? There are actual rights involved in what the title of a play is. Oh. So, right, I'm sure it's copyrighted, and I'm yeah. sure when you agree, when you buy a play to perform at your theater... You have to yeah. keep the play the same. Yeah. Anyway, so just I just wanted to give you a little update on that. So hoo-ha is off and, you know, the real thing is <laughs> back on. It's back on. And now it's a tourist attraction, I'm sure. Yes, I'm in sure. Atlantic Beach. Yeah. More than the Atlantic Beach Playhouse normally would be <laughs> this time of year. There, that's near Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> okay, so the Grammys, let's get to it. Monica, did you have a chance to, to watch last night? Oh, yeah, of okay. course I did. You know, I, I remember, I, ha- I don't think I've seen the Grammys for the past couple of years. Oh. And I don't know why. Maybe it was on a weeknight, weekday night or something. So. I know why. I know why. Last year is up against American Idol. Oh, and it got and you know killed what? I, in the ratings. I was more interested in American Idol right. last year. Right. I have to admit it. Yes. Mm, that's so that's why. Mm-hmm. And I guess because I knew, didn't last year U2 win any, everything? Yes, they did. Well, if they have an album out, they are going to mm-hmm. win everything. So I did see this year's. I even saw the E Network, the whole red carpet lead up with uh, Ryan Seacrest and Juliana DePandy. And I have to say, Juliana Pandy is something else. She is great. I mean, she was interviewing performers and the singers, but she was singing their songs. Really? Which was very brave of her because her singing talents kind of equal Sheila's. But, <laughs> you know, it was just such a fun thing to do when a, perform- when a singer would come up. She was like, oh, I love your hit, and start singing it. It was very cute, very uh I, I really enjoyed it. But what did you think, Leanne? You know, can we just talk about the police for a second? You know, I gave them Satellite Sisters of the Week this week because I was excited that they were reuniting. Yes. And I thought this will be great because they were at one time a critical time in my life, like a key component to my musical yes. repertoire. <laughs> the soundtrack of your yes. life, Leanne Dolan. So, but I said to John Ramos, our engineer, I said, John, play any song this weekend except Roxanne. Okay, any song, because that's just the most overplayed police song. Almost, and every song we played this weekend, delightful. Wait, really? Yes. Like, oh, we love that song. Oh, yeah. Oh, do, 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 do. Oh, that's great. Oh, every little thing she's magic. Fantastic. Synchronicity. I love that song. Okay, so there they are. They open with Roxanne. I have too much yoga. Too much yoga. Really? For 
for Sting. Oh, he was I have so a, low energy. Oh, I have a totally different take on the all police right. and okay. Sting's performance, Liam. <laughs> okay, all right. We're going to get to that at Satellite Sisters. You can give us a call, 866-33-SISTER, 866-337-4783. Who did you love? Who did you not love? I have to tell you, Monica, what our, my sons said. They asked the question in the middle of the police performance that every person under 45 was asking. Oh, you, really? When we get back, we're the Satellite Sisters. You don't have to wear that dress tonight. Walk the street for money. You don't care if it's wrong or if it's right. the Satellite Sisters, and that is the Dixie Chicks. They were the big winners at last night's Grammy Awards. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here with my sisters, Leon and Monica. Before we get on to the chicks, yeah. could we just finish up on the police? Okay. Because we did, we were very, very excited that the police were going to be reuniting and that this was going to be their moment. And it was just underwhelming in many ways. Okay, uh, now, Monica, you... D- you. I don't differ. know what show you guys saw. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll agree with you. Roxanne is not my favorite police song, but yeah. when I saw Sting, I was like, I think he should receive some sort of special, like, humanitarian award. <laughs> like, for all the ladies. Like, wow, Sting looked unbelievable. He, Must be the tantric yoga. It or is. Whatever it is. It is. Oh, holy cow, he is a hunk. Yes. Not, I thought not... his voice was beautiful. I thought he was amazing. Okay. All right. All I'm saying is that I think he's lost a little bit of his rock and roll spirit with all that yoga. That's what I mean. I was disappointed they didn't rip into like a three-song set. That's I know. Kind of a... it was, I, I expected them to sing at least one other song right. besides Roxanne. Right, because that is so iconic. All you need to do is sing Roxanne and then move on to some <laughs> other song. But I'm sitting there with the kids, Monica, and it opens, and, and they were really looking forward to the opening numbers, usually huge at the Grammys. Yes, it's right. usually really a production number. And so the first thing my son Colin looks at me goes, he's old when he sees oh, Sting. Oh, well, he is old, and then they Colin. Go, and then they go to Stuart Copeland, the drummer, and Colin goes, he's really old. <laughs> and then about halfway through, he asked the question, I think everyone under the age of 45 was asking, where's Gwen Stefani? Well, that was what he wanted to know. Where is Gwen Stefani? <laughs> yeah, she was I, absent last night. But let's talk a little bit about the Dixie Chicks. Yes. Because it was quite a night for them. You know, they won everything. Yeah. I mean, they won Record of the Year, Song of the Year, Best Album, Best Country Album, which is just ironic because, you know, they were shut out completely of the Country Music Awards this year. They right. didn't even receive any nominations. So the fact that they won Best Country Album, it just was... Uh, it was unusual. Yes. You know, it was one of my favorite albums of the year, personally. I loved that album. So did Sheila. I went to see him in concert. But I don't think, uh, I think of that album as more of a pop album than a country album. Well, they said last night, one of the chicks said in the last, uh, her <laughs> last acceptance chicks. speech, you know, <laughs> I, we're a band without a genre. 
which is a really oh, hard place to be because they don't get any more airplay on country radio. But they're not really a rock band, but they are getting play on like adult alternative. They but are amazing musicians. They are. Just amazing. And they worked with Rick Rubin. But could they have been a little more organized on the acceptance speeches? Yes. That I was a disappointment, Liam. I, I expected. I think it was because maybe they... That one first one they had them on that little teeny tiny circle stage. Yeah, which, yeah, the dorky mini stage did not help. Which I think it was hard for the musicians that won and had to accept the award on that stage. To they weren't behind a podium, right? And they kept sort of pointing to the people mm-hmm. behind them. Oh yes, my producer over there. I agree. They could. I think they were surprised they won. I think they were. I and think they, they were must unprepared to to give a really boffo acceptance speech. Because I. I did, yeah. I did enjoy seeing their attractive husbands. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Several times. And their performance was really good on the show. So that's mm-hmm. great. But I was surprised. You know, but the Grammys always just are the worst acceptance speech ever because, you know, records have like a zillion people that work on them. They're nobody you've ever heard. Now, Mary J. Blige. I know, but it, okay. Yeah, that's where one, I was going to go next with I know. this. That's... It's just not interesting to hear people say literally 55 names like she did. But, um, you know, here's Mary J. thanking Anath. Thank you so much. Oh, Mary J. You're welcome. <laughs> Did there. she thank you, Liam? No, I was um, the only one she left off, Liz. The only I just she- want to thank, thank God for this album and this, the, this award for this album. Um, and it's not only shown that I'm an artist and a musician and a writer, but it's also shown that I have grown in, and I'm growing into a better human being. She is, according to Mary J. Yes. Uh Now, she's going to go on now for two and a half minutes, and she's going to name 55 names. I mean, really everybody. But because she's Mary J. Blige and she's a hip-hop artist, it sounds pretty good, actually. If anyone You enjoyed it, Leah? Yeah. I mean, at least she was melodic and rhythmic, and she had it down, and there was some hooting and hollering at the end. But that's just a lot of names to rip through. People that have helped me so much to grow. I want to start with my husband and my manager, Kendu Isaacs. My children, Jordan, Nasir, and Brianna. Mm-hmm. James Dillard, who delivered the tape, rest in peace. Um, our, our what's tape. that about? I don't know what that's about. <laughs> fans, my extended family. Doug Morris, Jimmy Iovine, Zach Horowitz, Ron Fair, Ron Anderson, Ashley Fox, Yvette Gill, Jeff Holliston, Steve there Berman, Jim yeah. Merlis, Alicia Graham, Jaha Johnson. She's getting rolling now. Yeah, she's Steve really rolling. <laughs> Pat Dillard, Danny Chung, Huggy, Derek Huggy. Stoss, John McClain. I'm thank Huggy. Neil- no matter what you win, ever thank yeah. Huggy. Thank Huggy. Brenda Romano, Nino, Garnett Marsh, Kevin Black, Alan Grubman, Kenny Marcel, yeah, Sonia yeah. Guado. Yeah. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, Justice League, Ronnie Jerkins, Will I Am, Brian Cox, John Will Austin, Sean Garrett, Nice Wonder, Raphael Sadiq. Thank you. See, pretty good. <laughs> to say, pretty good as far as laundry lists go. But Mary J. Blige always has such interesting things to say. Yeah. I was disappointed that she didn't use the time in a slightly more interesting well, way. Well, then she won another one, and that's when she talked about Liz. That's when she went into the world according to Mary J. You uh-huh. know, we've been highlighting some of her Mary J-isms here. She's talking about dream smashers. She likes to refer to herself in the first person, and, and she, she did. did and when she introduced her song, she said, Mary J. Blige is in love. There you go. <laughs> Hello, Mary J. Blige is in love. She said she's learned to build bridges, not burn them. Build bridges, not burn them. That seems like a good thing to learn. Right. And then she said there are valleys and there are peaks, and she was either in a peak or a valley. I couldn't really understand. She was in a valley when she made the album. Now she's in a peak. Whatever, valleys, peaks, that's where you get to know people, both in the valleys 
and in the peaks, whatever that means. I thought she was great. I liked the song she did with Ludacris, too. I thought that was really good. She Love looked fantastic, her. too. Didn't she look like the queen of the whole evening? Yeah, like, she was the boss. She was in charge. She was the best. She was the top. She was the, the peak. You kind of could tell people were rooting for her. Yes. You know, when they read her name, there was excitement, and people kept saying hi. And, you know, I've read several columns about how Mary J is, you know, just an average-looking person. On what, really? On what planet? No, I mean, she's a I knockout. Don't under, I don't yeah. understand that assessment of her. I, you know, compared to Beyonce, we are all average-looking human beings. But <laughs> you know, I think she's a star. She's got a star quality to her. I, I'm always surprised when I read that about her. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Eight six six thirty three sister is our number. Eight six six three three seven. 4783 if you want to weigh in on the Grammys. Monica? Leanne, who else did you like? Because I loved, I was shocked um, at the talent in Justin Timberlake. <laughs> I really liked his song, What Goes Around Comes Around. That's a I good thought, song. Yeah, I thought we were just going to see Justin Timberlake doing Sexy Back and Dancing Around, but that was one of my favorite songs of the whole night. I yeah. love the production, except when he stuck the camera in his face. Yeah, that I was really stupid. Need, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Julie will subscribe <laughs> to that YouTube because I guess it's going to be on YouTube. <laughs> She's going to close up of Justin Timberlake every night. But I, I loved his performance. And you know what? I hate to say it even though I don't I don't want to love the old guys, but I thought Smokey Robinson was great. Oh! Of, of those three that did, like, the R&B tribute, I mean, Lionel Richie was kind of asleep. Yeah. That was like a, that was a downer <laughs> with a song he sang. But I thought Smokey Robinson was just delightful His and then he came out and then chris brown came out who's yeah. good the the hip-hop artist who did okay if we're number. talking about old guys yeah could we I, I think another downer so you have like the police they're pretty old but they're you know solid but then that the first was it the first award that yes. went to it was the first Tony Bennett? List. that that just sends the wrong signal for a telecast for i me. agree lee and tony bennett and stevie wonder they won uh it was a duet and it was like uh uh, to it beat out some great songs, yeah, like Mary J. Blige and Bono. Yeah, yeah, please you know? one. Yes, or how or about sh- Promiscuous Nelly, Nelly Furtado, and Timbaland? That right, really I, I, and that was the first award of the night. I thought, oh, here we go. Yeah, the yeah. old, the old guys yeah. getting up. <laughs> Believe me, I love Tony Bennett, and you know I love Stevie Wonder, but I just didn't think. They should have gotten the first award. No, and I don't think you should vote for a song that literally no one's heard. Like every other song on that in that category, best collaboration, was like a huge hit song. Really fun to listen to, interesting collaboration. Right. Yeah. I've never heard on the radio for once in my life the duet with Tony Bennett and Stevie Wonder. <laughs> of course, I've heard the song many, many times. I'm sure I have it in my iPod, but I've never actually heard their duet on the radio. You're right, I, Leon. I like watching the show with my husband because he is just not aware of pop music whatsoever. Uh, you know, he listens to his own stuff and he, you know, still listens to CDs and actual tapes. Okay. Oh, really? He still listens to tapes that he made in college. So he's probably very confused between Timberlake and Timbaland. That was confusing. <laughs> right. I'm sure he has no idea what's going on there. And though he was captivated by Shakira, he did not understand Shakira. And if you know Shakira's the big Latin pop star, and she had a huge hit this summer with Hips Don't Lie. Hips Don't Lie. And she's famous for just shaking her hips. And boy, did she last night. I thought she was fantastic She last was. Night. But then she can, she did the duet with Wycliffe Jean. So uh-huh. he's, you know, doing his thing about Shakira, Shakira, Hips Don't Lie. And Barrick was like, 
who is this and what are they saying? <laughs> oh, what are God. they saying? I was like, Shakira. He says, that's the lyric, her name? I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh, no, we didn't even get that? <laughs> no. Holy He's cow. He's like, what does that mean? I was like, that's her name. Shakira, Shakira. That's her name. <gasps> and then hips don't lie. He did not understand. And yet. Yet he was mesmerized. Yes. I wonder why that was. How could you not be? It was a fantastic performance. All right. We're taking your calls. 866-33-SISTER. 866-337-4783. We need to get to some sister mail about John Mayer. We got taken to task about John Mayer. Want to want to address that. Monica, I think we have to talk about the Eagles tribute. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yes, Lee. And, and a your, low point. And your girl, Carrie Underwood. So stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. For me, that was a highlight of last night's Grammy Awards show. That was Corinne Bailey Ray, John Legend, and John Mayer all together. Didn't you think that was beautiful, Liam? It was beautiful. The way they put those songs together and supported each other. I thought that was really, really great. It yeah, made you say these are very talented performers. Yeah. Right. Each and every one of them in their own way. And so poised. I mean, Corinne Bailey Ray, that was a lot of pressure to be in that spotlight with just the guitar. I thought she just looked very poised. That was very fun. John Mayer, looking good. John Mayer did look good, except, of course, my sons were like, what's the matter with his mouth? Well, that's the way he sings. He's a, soul, he's a soulful guy, and that's his thing. But that is what you have to explain to a nine-year-old, you know? Yeah. They're not familiar with that kind of rock mouth, you know? And so you have to say... Well, he does that because he can't quite hit that note, but it just, it makes it work better. All right, we are talking about the Grammys, 866-33-SISTER, 866-337-4783. We did get an email from BHG's mom, Pat, uh, last week. I don't know who BHG is. I'm sure that's her son or daughter. Son. Yeah. So, uh, Pat, and she said she was very sad to hear us rebuff John Mayer because of his association with Ms. Simpson. Really? Yes. Then, And just because he's famous, does he have to live by a different set of rules? He's very talented. He's very intelligent. And he's sharing it with us. Now, I recall when we had this conversation about John Mayer last week, most of us were saying how much we love John Mayer. Yes. And like what a talented musician he is, besides the fact that he did graduate from the same high school that we did. Thank you very you know? much. So yes. Roger Ludlow High School, Fairfield, Connecticut, go flying tigers. <laughs> John, John Mayer is very closely connected to the Satellite Sisters in that way. So we're very pro John Mayer in general. Right. It's just the Jessica Simpson part. I think we were bemoaning the fact it seems like he would pick a more soulful partner. Yes. That she is soulful is really the word you're looking for. Yes. Wouldn't yes. that be? Yes. 
Because, mm-hmm. yes, that would be the word. I don't blame a guy for going for a hot chick. He is a rock star, <laughs> and that's a part of the right. I don't blame that. But I think we know quite a bit about Miss Simpson, whether we want to or not. And mainly it's or not in my category. But we've seen a lot. We've seen her on TV. We've read the zillion interviews. We have to hear her talk all the time. And it just seems like they're not an equal match. Like uh-huh. I was thinking... Why doesn't he date Corinne Bailey Ray? Correct. That yes, would that would be good. That's a good couple. Seeing them together on stage last night. Yeah, yeah, I could really see that. Or how about Scarlett Johansson? Oh, wait, she's dating everyone else. <laughs> I know. There's no room there. Oh, boy, she's with Justin Timberlake. So, um, so Pat, thank you for your letter. You did suggest that we talk to Dr. Forney about this, the treatment of celebrities, which is a great idea. I think that is a good idea because it's not, we don't mean to bash, but it's very rare that we say an unkind word about anyone. It's just, I think Jessica Simpson has put herself out there in the public eye in a way that, say, Corinne Bailey Ray has not. Like, you know an awful lot about her, and we know an awful lot about John Mayer. They just seem like an unmatched pair. I mean, she is the one who thought Chicken of the Sea. Was chicken. Was correct? chicken. Okay. Right. I that's, know. That's, that's all I want to say about that. <laughs> How do you know that? I just didn't. I, I didn't. It was on the TV show. It was show. on the reality okay. TV show. These facts you're storing up. But how about, Leanne, how about my girl Carrie Underwood? I know, Monica. I was happy for you when she won Best right. New Artist. She won Best New Artist. I think it was well-deserved out of that group, even though, of course, we loved Corinne Bailey Ray. Yeah. Um, I think Carrie Underwood has just had this phenomenal, like, two years since she won American Idol. She's had all these hit songs. She's won all these awards. Uh, it, she just had, She was, like, the biggest star of the year. So I'm glad she won. She, again, so poised. You know, and on stage. But well, what's with her hair? Wow. <laughs> wow. I thought, you know, she's a gorgeous girl. She's beautiful. I love her voice. And I thought, did she borrow one of Dolly Parton's wigs? Because that <laughs> is a lot of hair on Carrie Underwood. It was just, Monica, it was the volume and the density. I just could not <laughs> take my eyes off it. I just kept saying, I don't remember her having this much Hair. Really? I must have dozed off oh, by this point. Oh, she just had a lot of hair, Liz. There's no other way to say it. Yeah, it was like a mane, a giant mane that had, like, blown up on her head. But anyways, <laughs> I thought she was great. But I did think that little tribute to the Eagles was unfortunate. That was not good. It just kept going on and on. Uh, it was Rascal songs. Flats singing a couple of the Eagles hits, and it was unnecessary. I would have rather heard Carrie Underwood sing, of course, Jesus Take the Wheel. Yeah. and she <laughs> A sang, couple of times. She sang Desperado, <laughs> but it was just a little... Yeah, that desperate. was a little flat because you know what? <laughs> so desperate. many people have covered Pitchy. that covered that song yeah. that it's hard to really nail that song because so many people have done that uh, that song right. Yeah, I didn't understand that. She didn't seem to have any chemistry with Rascal Flats. So that it was four songs. It was Rascal Flat, all right. <laughs> Just, it was I Rascal Flat. But if let's I think might. about the highlights. Mary J. Blige. We had Beyonce. We had Justin Timberlake. It was a good night. You know, what does Beyonce put on her skin? I mean, really. Magic, stardust, Leah. <laughs> it is. It's just glowing. Oh, unbelievable. All right. This is Justin Timberlake's song, What Goes Around Comes Around. Remember, you can always email us at SatelliteSisters.com. We love getting your email. Pat, we're not afraid to address anything on the air. <laughs> SatelliteSisters.com.
Satellite Sisters, hope you are having a fantastic Monday. I'm Liz Dolan here with my sisters Leanne and Monica. Leanne, is it me or is your birthday a week from today? I it was is. just kind of noticing that. Yes, yes, said, it is. We better note that on the calendar somewhere. Yeah, 39 again. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing how that happens, yes. Leanne? Yep, 39 again. Super. <laughs> Monica, how are you there in Portland, Oregon? Great, Liz. Recovering from the Grammy Awards last night. Yeah, you stay up late, you get up early, burning the candle at both ends. It's like being a rock star a little bit, isn't it? <laughs> well, not not when you're sitting at home in your own living room watching the Grammy Awards and not going to any of the big parties. Hey, it's Monday, so later on in this hour, we are doing the fat-free truth. Liz Nupprent is our fitness expert who's here every Monday. She's answering a couple of questions for us today. Well, our question was, are, if a trainer claims to be certified, is that a gimmick or does that actually mean something like who certifies them for what? So she's, Liz is going to answer that question. And then we got an email from Cindy in Norwalk, Connecticut. She wanted to know, now this is a, something we think about all the time. She doesn't really like drinking plain water. But if she drinks seltzer water, is that just as good for her? I am curious about this too, Cindy, because I drink a lot of seltzer water. And okay. I'd like to think that it's good for me. Okay, so we're, we're going to get this. We're going to get the fat-free truth on that. And remember, if you ever have a question that you want addressed on the fat-free truth, just go to SatelliteSisters.com and email us. Also later on, Sally Squires from the Washington Post is going to join us. She writes the nationally syndicated column, Lean Plate Club. We had two big questions for her. First of all, there is this new FDA-approved weight loss drug called Ally. What's the deal? Should we all be signing up? <laughs> yeah. It's about time. But so Sally's going to give us the, the medical scoop on that. And then more, you know, if you're planning for a big day, big night on Wednesday, is there such a thing as an aphrodisiac? Oh, she, I'd like to know this. She's looked into this, Monica, and she has some very surprising information about what actually works. You're going to be surprised. Oh, something when you actually hear works? What the secret formula really is. Mm. It's, you know, we thought maybe it was oysters or artichokes, not so much, but there is a secret formula. Uh, okay, first a couple of international news items. Well, one. You know, on Sundays, sister I, sisters, I do a little moonlighting. I am the United States stringer. <laughs> uh -oh. I live in my own little fantasy world on Sundays. I do a radio show in Australia. Oh, right. So, right, right. so they call me on Sundays, and they like to know just what's happening in America. And I get to decide what's <laughs> happening in America, which is why I enjoy this discussion. It's whatever I want to talk about, they're happy to talk about. And, but yesterday, the only thing they wanted to talk about, I thought this was so funny. They just wanted me to explain... Why that crazy astronaut was wearing a diaper. Oh, that <laughs> yes. is funny. Yes. All the way down under, or a nappy, as they would call oh, it. Oh, that's they, funny. <laughs> what's the deal with the nappy? Well, good thing you had done research on that, Liz. I had, right. That, that inside NASA, they don't call it a diaper. They call it a maximum absorption garment. It's a mag. It's a mag. So I explained to them what a mag was, and they still didn't get, like, why an astronaut would be wearing one, and I had to they explain that. They didn't know that. that? Well, they have no astronauts. Yeah, they're Australia. I mean, they, I think they've had a few go up in the space shuttle or something, but it's not like they've got some their own version of Cape Canaveral somewhere, and they're training <laughs> astronauts. Okay. You know, we got, we got sort of a space center here. There's Star City in Russia, but other than that, they're just not as familiar I with... I guess you're right. Did, well... 
let me ask you, did you know they wore diapers? Yes, yes Liz, oh, because I have boys, and they watch those Hard Hat Harry series on oh. do you want to be a blank firefighter? Do you want to be a truck oh. driver? Do you want to be an astronaut? And they go into that level yes. of detail? Yes, because you know what? Kids think it's hilarious that <laughs> astronauts wear diapers. I know. That is like the fact that they hone in on. Well, it is hilarious. Yes. I'm glad we all know that. <laughs> anyway, so that was my international report. But then... Uh, you were here for part of the weekend, Monica. We did the show this weekend. Mm-hmm. And then after the show, we had a little time to kill before I was taking Monica to Los Angeles Airport. And, so of course, it turned out to be another beautiful day in California. Oh, yeah, it was spectacular. sunny day. So I thought, let's go to the beach. It's California on a beautiful day. And there's this secret beach I have found uh, in Malibu. Of course, you, you've all heard of Malibu, where there is there is a secret public pathway that lets you onto a portion of the beach that is referred to as Billionaire's Beach. Oh, okay. and it's also the official name is Carbon Beach, but they call it Billionaire's Beach because of who lives there. And we're going to get into that a little bit. But we were mainly looking for some of the stars that live along that beach, right, Monica? We know Courtney Cox lives there, right? right. Courtney Cox has a house there. Jennifer Aniston, just a couple of houses down. Right, right. From Courtney Cox uh, that we saw uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's beach house, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. looked very nice. Uh, some other stars. Andy Williams. Andy uh, Williams. <laughs> and you can just walk along this beach and nobody bothers you. You can just walk along the beach and nobody bothers you. And they've because it's Billionaire's Beach, they've taken the law into their own hands. So it's one of the beaches where secretly you can take your dog, which is why I go there. Oh, okay. So I take my dog, Ferris, because dogs, it's not a leash or no leash situation. It's dogs are not allowed on any of the beaches here mm-hmm. unless it's specifically a dog beach. But because they're billionaires, they get to do whatever they they want right and they've just rewritten the laws and dogs can run free on billionaires beach <laughs> plus it has like this secret entrance that is completely hidden yes. there's no it, it, there's a tiny little sign tiny teeny tiny that says public beach access yeah and it's kind of obscured by a large tree right yes. so there's That's... no way you would dare walk on this beach because all of the properties are right next to each other unless you knew where the secret opening was, which Liz knows. But the law is the public is allowed on the beach. Yes. So I don't care if I'm a billionaire or not. I am going on the beach and I'm taking Monica and my dog uh, with us. So, Monica, it was a pretty exciting little walk on the beach. It you was. Say? I mean, first of all, no one mistook us for billionaires. <laughs> It was obvious we didn't live there. But, you know, we were looking at the sites. We were looking at Jennifer Aniston's house. There was no one home there. Courtney Cox, there didn't appear to be anyone home there. And then we're walking along the beach and Billionaire's Row. And Liz points out this house. This is like, you know, that's kind of a nice house. I think it sold last year. And, oh. Who walks out of the house? A billionaire. A billionaire. Yes, sir. Holy cow. We had our first sighting, didn't we, Liz? It was Larry Ellison, the CEO of Oracle. Oracle. Yes. Larry Ellison is the ninth richest man in the world, Mm. according to the people that uh, compile that information. But this house, I even went home and looked at it. And he walked out. So it was like Liz had staged it for me. (laughs) It was like, oh, yeah, a lot of billionaires live here. Mike Ovitz said, oh, look, there's Larry Ellison out on the porch. Well, when I did a little Wikipedia search on Larry Allison when I got home, Monica, I found out that that those where his house is there on Carbon Beach, that was five contiguous lots. He bought all of them. He paid for his property on this beach. $65 million. 
he paid for the property on the beach. Well, of course he's going to go there on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon when it's sunny. And then we saw, Leon the house right next to Courtney Cox's house. Now, we weren't stalking these houses. Yeah, just walking. We're yeah. mainly walking the dog. The house right next to Courtney Cox's house, there appeared to be some rock stars there. Mm. Okay? And we thought maybe they were in for the Grammy Award weekend, but I couldn't identify the rock stars. At first, I thought it was maybe uh, one of the Gallagher brothers from Oasis, <laughs> or maybe it was like... The band OK Go or the Yeah, Yeah, Yes. I didn't know who it was, but it was obvious it was a rock star and it's a rock star pal. And then this woman who looked like Pamela Anderson. Yes. And I was thinking, what are the Gallagher brothers doing with Pamela Anderson? <laughs> Probably wasn't Pamela and- Anderson, but, you know, Liz kind of got us thinking. Yeah. We, so we never really like had a figured out exactly who they were i tried to send my dog up onto their porch because they had a dog because i figured then you have the excuse to chase your dog up towards their house and you get a closer look at them oh so there is no id there's no no id of them but then monica we're walking back we're We're leaving leaving. who is the second billionaire we bump into david geffen David Geffen. Uh, David Geffen. Kind of like standing in his driveway, I guess, waiting for one of his other billionaire friends to come by. (laughs) Second billionaire. Apparently, they just (laughs) confab together (laughs) on the weekends there, Billionaire Beach. It was a good little outing. All right. uh, Stay with us coming up. It's the Fat-Free Truth. If you ever want to get to the bottom of any issue having to do with fitness, just go to SatelliteSisters.com and send us an email. We're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. the Satellite Sisters. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here with my sisters, Leon Dolan and Monica Dolan. Every Monday, we bring you the fat-free truth. Liz Neprin is the author of that book, and she's also a fitness expert, and we got to say, a sought-after personal trainer, Mm -hmm. someone who seems to be certified by everyone who gives out any kind of certification (laughs) at all for any reason. So, Liz, this is our question for you today. If a trainer claims to be certified what is that? Is that a gimmick, or is that something I should actually care about? You should care about, and and if it's done right, it is absolutely not a gimmick. Um, and I think what a, what a certification does is it demonstrates to you the minimum level of knowledge and expertise a trainer needs to have to put the pin in the weight and touch your body. Okay. And if they don't even have that, that doesn't demonstrate to me the level of commitment and uh, ability or willingness to learn what they need to know in terms of safety and effectiveness for you. And I probably would highly recommend, actually, that you do not uh, use a trainer who is not certified. Well, who should they be certified by? Because you're certified by the American Council on Exercise, right. the American College of Sports Medicine, right. and the National Strength and Conditioning Association. And bingo, those are the big three, uh, because think about it this way. Right now, I did a quick search last night. There are about 360 organizations that claim to certify trainers. Wow. And those range from uh, the top dogs, which you just mentioned, and I would add probably National Academy of Sports Medicine in with those and probably National Foundation of uh, Trainers Association. I would, I would also add them in. Um, but you can get, and I, ha- I did this for a story once, where I got my dog certified online in about an hour. Oh! <laughs> oh. Tiny box, and Zoomer Neprin was a certified personal trainer. So may he rest in peace. But, um, 
you know, so if somebody, so you really have to ask the question and be educated enough to know not only you do want that certification as the minimum requirement, but you also want it from a reputable uh, accredited organization, and those are the reputable accredited organizations. Aha. Uh-huh. So that list of organizations you just gave us, we'll try to post that at SatelliteSisters.com yeah. too, but is there another good place for them to look at the, for that? I know, like, you have your information at iVillage.com. Do you have that kind of stuff posted there? I, I don't. Um, you will, you know, it's unfortunate. There's no sort of repository for that. Yeah. So you would have to go to, like, for instance, the American Council on Exercises website, the okay. American Academy of Sports Medicine's website. And, you know, they, they also do talk about each other um, on those websites. But, that, but honestly, that's the place to get it. Okay. So Liz, you have to be educated and do a little searching. Liz, when you hear trainers giving people, like, bogus information, do you just <laughs> want to scream? Do you ever raise your hand and be like, he's wrong, he's lying? Oh, my, you know, I, again, I, I just have this, this um, philosophy that I'm not the fitness police, so unless you ask me directly, I'm not going to tell you. But there have been a couple times where I've just say, for the love of God, I have to step in here. You are just so wrong. You know, when they're telling people about the fat burning zone, which is the one I hear over and over again, or, you know, you have to What? It. There's no fat burning zone? I'm not covering this again, Liz. We're not going, we're, there'll be a quiz at the end. If there's one thing she's taught us, it's that. Yeah, there is no, no fat, fat burning, burning zone. Or if they tell you, you know, when you, you know, that you're selectively doing this or that, or you're, you're spot reducing, you know, there are just times where I just have to bite my tongue and do another rep and move on. Okay. All right. Liz, we understand. Liz Neprin gives us the fat-free truth. Leon, let's do the question we got from Cindy uh-huh. in Norwalk, Connecticut, because this is a question you have, too, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Okay, we were talking about how we don't really like to drink plain water, but we know it's good for us. So Cindy wanted to know if drinking flavored seltzer water, no calories or sodium, is just as good as drinking plain water. And Liz, right. I drink a lot of fizzy water. I don't drink the flavored. I just drink the plain seltzer. What's the scoop? What's the fat-free truth on this? I'd say you're moving in the right direction. The, my one caveat about anything fizzy is there is some thought that it still uh, contributes to, to uh, deteriorating bone health because the really yeah can oh. can erode the phosphorus in in the bones. So, um, but is it better than drinking diet soda or soda that's full of you know if it's not diet chemicals and sugar and so on and so forth. Absolutely. It's definitely moving in the right direction, but there is that one caveat. You know what? I had heard that, Liz, and frankly, I'd blocked it out. I just, (laughs) I wanted you to tell me the fat-free lie. Liz, I wanted you to say, go for it. It's great. Would you like me to revise my answer? I'm happy to do that. No, no, I know you're you're all about the truth. Okay. And so that, you know, that is the one issue that, you know, anything with fizziness in it uh, will have potentially, have the potential to erode bone health. See, that's disappointing because the new cocktail I serve at my house, this is Liz. Leon, you, I served you one of these the other night when yes. you came over for a, dinner. A, a cranberry cooler, Liz? Uh, no, the Pomegrino, Monica. Oh. It's, it's a little splash of pomegranate juice in the Pellegrino water. I thought that that was really the way to go. But now, Liz Neprin, I'm getting the feeling that not so much. Well, I, I actually would be interested because I have to, I'm just, this is the truth. I don't like to drink water, and it's something that I personally struggle with. And I'd love to hear from listeners or from the sisters any trick to get you to drink more water and actually like it. I would be very open to hearing about because it's just something I have not resolved. 
And I, I hear this from so many people, and I, I just don't have an answer for it. Okay. It's like I'm good with like three glasses a day, but the right. six to eight, for goodness oh. sakes. <laughs> yeah, you feel a little like a bloated whale. Yeah. And I do anyway. It's so. just not satisfying. It's not satisfying. It just It's hard to drink. So let's, let's hear from everyone what they think. All okay. right. All right. The fat-free truth from Liz Neprint. You heard her. Let's hear from you. If you have a question, a myth you want Liz to bust, you can write us at SatelliteSisters.com. You can also find information about Liz's book, The Fat-Free Truth, Real Answers to the Fitness and Weight Loss Question. You wonder about most at SatelliteSisters.com. Thanks, Liz. All right, coming up next, we're sticking with health, and we want to know about this new fat drug. So we're going to uh, Sally Squires. You laughed when I said fat drug. Fat drug. Yeah, it's a, it's a weight loss drug, okay. I think. Nobody wants a fat drug, Leanne. Okay. <laughs> That's called sitting on the couch. We're the Satellite Sisters. <laughs> Okay, still getting static. All right. Well, we're going to have to do what? Hold on. Welcome to our lives. We are the Satellite Sisters. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here with my sisters, Leanne Dolan and Monica Dolan. Our phone number is 866-33-SISTER, 866-337-4783. And if you'd like to send us an email, just go to SatelliteSisters.com. Okay, sisters, we're working on getting Sally Squires. You know, she's, she writes the nationally syndicated column, Lean Plate Club. And we had a couple of questions for her today. Mm-hmm. One is about that new drug the FDA approved for weight loss called Ally. We'd, I'd like to believe it could be our ally. We're going to get to the bottom of that. But then another thing I want to ask her about was, is there really such a thing as an aphrodisiac? You know, you read all these rumors about if you eat oysters or artichokes or chocolates. And have you ever really had that kind of effect from eating anything? No, but it makes sense that there might be a food that actually does have that kind of effect. Yeah. I mean, if they can create a drug like Viagra, I'm sure there's an actual natural substance out there that might do something similar. It might not be as pronounced. All right. <laughs> well, maybe... That's a nice way of saying it, Leah. Thank Leanne. you. Well, I was thinking maybe whatever it is in its natural form, maybe that's what they've been serving on a recent Qantas airline flight. So I read this, uh, I read this story about a Qantas in-flight incident that made me think about aphrodisiacs because they have just uh, suspended a female flight attendant because she had an amorous incident in the, like, Bathroom on the plane with Rafe Fines. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you can yeah. hardly blame her. You can hardly blame her. I know, Monica. What's in those peanuts? She's been, uh, she's been suspended from duty. She's denied having sex with him in the bathroom. Mm. But there are several uh, other members of the flight crew that saw the pair leave the cubicle within moments of each other. This uh, was on a flight from Australia to India. You know, I mean, that, that's pretty bad. She was on duty. Yeah. <laughs> that know. is the kind of service I usually don't get on flights anymore. <laughs>
<laughs> You're right, Leanne. Anyway, Sally Squires is with us. Sally writes the Lean Plate Club column that is syndicated all over the country. Sally, welcome back to Satellite Sisters. Thank you very much. It's great to be back with you, and I love that story. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, what were they serving on the Qantas flight that would have gotten them going? Though I suppose with Ray Fines it wouldn't really take yeah, that much. Yeah, it wouldn't take would much with Ray Fines. I agree. All right, Sally Squires, I know that you have done some research into this old idea of aphrodisiacs. How long has this concept even been oh, around? Don't you love this? It has been around for almost ever. So if you know Aphrodite, who yeah. of course is the Greek goddess of love, then that's where this idea of aphrodisiacs goes back. Oh. And it even, there's also this aphrodisia is actually the Greek word for lust, which I thought was kind of nice. Too. Yes. So, yeah. I like that. Leon, as a classics major, was this something you looked into heavily too? <laughs> Liz, you, yeah, this you're quite the expert on Aphrodite. The topic of my senior thesis, Liz, was uh, aphrodisia. I think it had something to do with pomegranates back then. Well, you know, pomegranates are quite interesting. And, and what I loved in reporting this story for the Lean Play Club is that it goes back to their aphrodisiacs mentioned in Song of Solomon, in Ovid, in Virgil, in Shakespeare, in the Marquis de Sade. Mm. And of course, who can forget that Tom Jones movie? Oh. You oh, know, yeah. You know, oh. the Tom Jones movie where yeah. they're, they're eating and they're, and, and, you know, I mean. We weren't allowed to see that movie, yeah. Sally. I was still back on the Marquis de Sade imagining him, like, hitting me with an artichoke. Yes, he might <laughs> Instead have Instead of that. eating it. He might have done that indeed, yes. So, you know, I guess the, the food I have always heard the most about, Sally, is oysters. Are, is, is it true that oysters are an aphrodisiac? Well, here's the really sad fact. In any food, it could be oysters, it could be chocolate, it can be, actually I looked back and sometimes they've thought turmeric and pepper and lentils and even stuffed snails, if you can believe it. That's, mm. a, that's an aphrodisiac in mm -hmm. China. Any of these foods can be aphrodisiacs in the context of which they're used. So in other words, if you think this stuff is going to work, it may help you. Uh -huh. But truth be told, the science behind it, there isn't much, although there is something for very something very special, that, but you're not going to find it on many Valentine's uh, menus. So, wow. the, so there's no science to support any of that, but what... So what is so special? What actually does work then? Well, there's you have actually, the yes, there is actually something that has been known to increase a woman's desire by 24%. That's okay. pretty good. Wow. wow. Okay. Okay. All I, of a sudden I hear Monica perking up. <laughs> and, and, and it is not chocolate. It is not chocolate. Hard no. to believe. No, it is not chocolate. But it, it's probably not something that too many people are going to want to really get into because it's actually something found in mother's milk of all things really really now there's, explain that how do we know that well we know this because there's this fascinating team of women scientists what else would you expect at the university of chicago and they took women who were nursing and they actually had them they collected uh how can i say this in a nice way they collected secretions from them while they were nursing as well as from kind of underneath their arms uh -huh. put it all together you know in their magic of the, science, of the laboratory, and they uh, recruited volunteers, all women who had never been pregnant, to actually, um, in a very systematic way, sniff these things and put them underneath their, their in the, the skin between their nose and their mouth. And they did this on multiple occasions, and they kept very careful records. And of course, 
part of the group didn't have anything on these little pads that they rubbed on themselves, but they found really significant changes in both sexual desire and sexual fantasies over a three-month period. That's funny, because it sounds like such a turn-off. What you just described I sounds know. disgusting. I know, but they didn't know what they were doing. So, th- so this, is, this is the whole thing, which is kind of interesting, that w- there is something in mother's milk. And, and what they're hoping is that the, this is actually the first proven aphrodisiac in humans, which is, you know, very I'm trying to think of what some kind of evolutionary reason would be for that. But it's not coming to me, Sally Squires. I know. It's, it, was, it was difficult for me, too, I, I must admit. And it had to do, this scientist thinks that it has to do with when we lived in groups, with women feeling more comfortable and, and seeing that other women who had babies, you know, did well long term, that maybe there's something there. But we do oh, know. I would yeah, buy that. Yeah, that kind of makes yeah, sense when you yeah, think about that. It sort does. of looking around like, oh, okay, I'm going in for that. That looks right. good. Right. It, it, there you go. And so, so there's so it's that, all a big lie. I know. But, <laughs> you know what, Leanne, I was thinking it's because women feel so like unsexy after they've had a baby that if there wasn't something in the breast milk, milk they would they never procreate again. again. <laughs> could that be it, Sally? That could be it. I think that could definitely be it. But what was also really interesting about this study is that they found because the women didn't know what was in these pads. They didn't know what they were doing and um, they didn't know why they were keeping some fairly meticulous records about their sexual fantasies. But um, they found that women who already had partners um, were actually desired those partners more, whereas those who didn't currently have partners had lots more sexual fantasies, which is also kind of interesting. Oh, hmm. so we're not encouraging women, if you're pumping now, to make a nice cocktail for <laughs> no. your husband on the 14th. That's probably, not, probably not. Some I sort think of milk chocolate and the oysters are still probably the better bet. Mm. Or maybe just a really nice romantic candlelit dinner where you can just really enjoy each other. And I think that's, that's what a lot of this... Um, as I looked back at the history of aphrodisiacs, it, again, they're very culturally specific. So while we look at chocolate here in China, they're looking at stuffed snails. You know, the ancients might have looked at turmeric as a way to kind of enhance their passions for each other. So it's very much a place where your food or a drink or, or a smell that helps you feel kind of more relaxed and into whoever it is that you're, you know, trying to feel romantic with. All right. Well, so context really counts a lot. We're, we're, we're still really talking about maybe maybe candlelight could be the way to go no matter what you eat. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, definitely. All right, Sally, we want to move on. The FDA just announced that it approved the first non-prescription weight loss drug. It's called Ally, and it's going to hit the stores this summer. So when we come back, will you tell us, like, what is that? How much has it been tested? Because there are a lot of these drugs that, are, that people have tried before that have turned out to be pretty dangerous. So I'm just curious, what do we really know about this new drug and how it works? We're the Satellite Sisters. If you have a question for Sally Squires or for us, give us a call, 866-33-SISTER. We're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us.
are the Satellite Sisters. I am Liz Dolan. I'm here with my sisters, Leanne Dolan and Monica Dolan. We're joined by Sally Squires. She writes the nationally syndicated Lean Plate Club column, which is fantastic. And there's an e-newsletter that goes along with that. Okay, Sally. Last week, the FDA announced that they have approved the first non-prescription weight loss drug. It's called Ally, and that it's going to hit the stores this summer what is the deal with this? What does it actually do? Well, this drug is very interesting because it's actually known as the drug Orlistat, or Xenical is the generic name, and it's been a prescription drug that's been around for a long time. So in a sense, this is the first over-the-counter drug that is proven to help people lose weight. And there's a lot of excitement about that, as well as you can imagine, there are also some concerns by some consumer groups. So how long So how long has it actually been out there on the market? Because my fear with these things is always that they haven't done enough testing on it for a consumer, a real person to know long term what the impact is. But if it's been out there as a prescription drug, do we kind of have that information? Yes, we do. And I listened actually to a teleconference uh, last week by the company, which is GlaxoSmithKline, and they have a lot of studies. They've got, in fact, hundreds of studies, and this drug has a fair, fairly long track record. Um, it's still not a miracle drug, and even the company will tell you this. It's, it's, it may help some people ha with that extra boost. Sometimes it's just, you know, a little bit too hard to, to lose weight for some people, and maybe that this is the thing that will get them a little bit farther than they had hoped, but it is by far not a miracle drug, and the company itself was very quick to say that. At most, you can expect that you'll get maybe 50% more weight loss than you would with diet alone. Well, that seems like a lot. Well, it could more. be, but it's probably just during the first six months. So we're talking about, you know, very consistent uh, weight reduction, but you've got to really watch those calories, and you have to really do all the old-fashioned things like exercise more, eat less, exercise more, if you really want to see the Dang. right kind of results. <laughs> I know. I wish this were the, the miracle drug, but even the company who stands to gain a lot from this, uh, the sale of this, is saying, you know, it is not that magic bullet that everybody's looking for. So you and have to do it in addition to a sensible diet and exercise program. You, you absolutely do. And okay. what's different about this weight loss drug is that not only will it be, it's the first one that's been approved by the FDA, so it gets that, that uh, stamp from them, but um, it will be available this summer. In the meantime, the company is putting together a year-long behavioral online program. So if you buy the, uh, Ally at the drugstore or the supermarket or wherever you get it, you ha get a code that will give you access to a behavioral modification program that's online hmm. and it's the same old stuff it's nothing sexy here right. again you know it's like okay you do really do have to eat less and you really do have to move more and mm -hmm. then in this with the help of ally the hope is that you will take off a few more pounds now, how does the drug actually work? It's 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 a fat blocker, right? So it that is a fat blocker, and that's one of the concerns of uh, some consumer groups. It's a fat blocker, and so basically there are certain vitamins that you're not going to get. And, and I know somebody mentioned uh, Wow or the Alestra that we had, which right, was the right. fake fat. Right. Um, Leon's, Leon's afraid of the potato chips. <laughs> right. The side effects of the reason, potato yes, chips I think we, be really... We won't go into the details, but let's say you could spend a lot of time running for the ladies' room. Right. So, yes. So so um, the concern with 
this particular drug is that it also works by blocking some of the fat. So the pills have to be taken at a meal where you do eat fat, and it does block the uptake of four really key vitamins, and those include vitamins A, D, which is great for your bones, E, and K. And uh, this, the, I can tell you what the I won't bore you with the details, but basically um, when you block those, there is a concern that you might have some long-term nutritional problems. So the company is recommending that anyone who takes Ally needs to also take a multivitamin. Is there somebody who shouldn't use this? Do you have to be obese or if you're using 10 pounds, you want to lose 20 pounds, is this the way to go? Yeah, they would uh, really experts would like you to be on the higher end of a body mass index. So that means you want to be 20, 30 pounds overweight before you really try these drugs. But um, I, I think the company understands that there are going to be people out there who are going to probably be less overweight than that and right. would probably do this. It's it's uh, human nature. We know that people, I don't know if you've seen that ad recently for a food product and there's this really slender woman who's on a big stability ball and she looks like the last thing she do, needs to do is lose another ounce of weight, <laughs> but she's, she's saying that she's on a particular diet. And so we know that there are people out there who are probably going to try this. The concern of Public Citizen, which is a consumer group here in Washington, and they actually filed a petition when this all went before the FDA. And their concern is that there are some side effects that they say that um, suggest that Orlistat could cause some precancerous growths in the colon. And so they really were very much opposed to this drug going over the counter. They think it's a very bad idea, and they think it should only be used with a doctor's um, a approval, if, if even then, in some cases. And yeah. what kind of side effects? Are these like the potato chip-related side no, effects? No, they're not so much worried about that is that they've been seeing this precancerous growth. It's it's called um, an aberrant crypt foci. It's a kind of a weird name, Whoa. but they've been seeing this. And the, actually, when Public Citizen petitioned the FDA not to have this drug on the market, they cited two studies that documented the that Public Citizen says documented the ability of Orlistat or Ally to cause these uh, weird growths, which are potentially precancerous. So wow. that's of concern. Okay, that yeah. is concern. Okay, you, yeah, you have to have a really think about this seriously. All right, Sally Squires, thank you so much for joining us. I, you always do such a good job breaking it down for us, I Sally. know, We Sally. do appreciate that. We love your column, the Lean Play Club. If you want to read Sally's column, look for it in your local newspaper. You can also register, subscribe to get her. Uh, e-newsletter and Sally joins us when we have big news to sort out about drugs and nutrition and things like that thanks okay coming up in the next hour we are going to tell you about our Valentine's Day dream contest there's still just a short time to enter Okay, we right, because it's for Valentine's that. Day. It's for Valentine's <laughs> Day. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so we have but, to, yeah, but, yeah, go ahead, Lynn. No, yeah, that's, we're going to pick a winner tomorrow, but we're giving away a prize. And you have to, uh, you have to come up with your dream Valentine's Day. We want to hear from you. And then we have a great gift basket to give away. In the next hour, we are going to be giving you all the details. Also, there's still time left if you want to get your astrological chart read by Shelley Ackerman. So stay tuned to Satellite Sisters. We're going to give you all the details.
Hey, one more detail about the flight attendant from Qantas who was suspended for having sex in the bathroom with Ray Fiennes. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 The, the news story on this does point out that she was a member of the New, New South Wales Police Force for 14 years, and she was a qualified scuba diver. Oh, so, well, oh. that explains her comfort in, in closed places. <laughs> Small places. Some kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, anyway, so we are the Satellite Sisters. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here with my sisters, Lee and Dolan and uh, Monica Dolan. We have more information about our special Valentine's Day giveaway coming up for you later on in this hour and how you can qualify for a reading by our favorite Satellite Sisters astrologer, Shelley Ackerman. We're going to explain that to you coming up. Uh, first, Monica, I noticed tonight on TV, it's the Westminster Kennel Club show. That's now, right, Liz. It's on the Animal Planet, one of my favorite TV events of the year. I just love it, you know, but I'm kind of sick of the small dogs winning the oh, Westminster really? Kennel Club. I think it's about time some yellow labs won Best in Show <laughs> or some of the... You know, labs, the hounds, Lee and you have a shepherd. They never win. They don't win? No, they don't win. You know, the working dog category does not win because it's not quite as glamorous as, like, the Bull Terrier last year, Rufus, that won. Uh, that was it's a cute dog, though, that Rufus. You know, the, the dogs that actually have to work for a living, they never win. And then, you know, everyone has a yellow lab. I mean, nothing personal, Monica. I just don't think they see that as a special enough dog. It is the most popular dog in America. Well, it's special in my heart. I Leah. know. I know. That's the way I feel about my German Shepherd, but I know they have a higher calling than some stupid dog show. <laughs> <laughs> Leon, you know what, though? I was reading about the Westminster Kennel Club, and remember the dog last year, Vivi, the the missing whippet? Oh, yeah. What happened from the to show? Oh, yeah. This was this, like, award-winning whippet, adorable, named Vivi. She had won a special merit award, and she somehow, last year after the Westminster, Minster Kennel Club, she escaped from her travel cage while she was being loaded into her airplane right. at JFK, and she has never been found, and it's a year later. That is and so sad. More than 100 people looked for Vivi. They searched the airport, the marshland. They got, like, a pet detective to come in, and you know what? Her owner is just really heartbroken. Oh, She's I not bet. going to the Westminster Kennel Club show this year. But she said next year she will probably show uh, one of Vivi's puppies, but they have never found her. Oh. You know, it's the not knowing that makes you so sad. That You know what? That's what her owner said. They said if they had found her and she had died from exposure because she was a whippet. Right. Yeah. You know, they and don't it's have cold February. out there. It's cold. You know, and she escaped into this march land. She said that would be better so she could at least bury her dog. But she thinks maybe someone adopted her. You know, maybe Some someone. Some nice family in Queens? Maybe. They're <laughs> hoping that. But she said she would rather just know what happened to her dog. But that really like captured people's hearts that story when i lost my dog do you remember when yes. our old shepherd mika disappeared from the kennel that she was at while we were on the other side of the country oh, it was a nightmare it, for it was it was really sad we we never went back to that kennel needless to say but she was either dog napped or just got out but she was found by a family but it took us about two weeks to actually find her and i was just dying to ask her that is when you want where have you been to talk what like, did you do for two happened? weeks how did they find you in the parking lot of Blockbuster Video? What happened between the kennel and the Blockbuster Video parking yeah, lot? Yeah, or who took her yeah. from the kennel? <laughs> so, oh. But that is really when you want your dog to talk, yeah. is, is when they go missing. And just, what were you doing all day? That's when you have to hire the pet psychic. I and know. then the psychic can tell you what the dog has been through. <laughs>
<laughs> I know. All right. I have a couple of uh, major corrections we would like to make here at Satellite Sisters today. <laughs> corrections, illuminations, whatever. Uh, the first comes from me, Liz Dolan. You're so seldom wrong, Liz. No. It's, it's invigorating when, you're, when you are wrong. I never, yes. Thank you, Leah. <laughs> I never should have tried this. I foolishly blundered into an area I know nothing about on this weekend show, and that would, of course, be popular culture. Yes. That yes, it's just, I just don't pay close enough attention to realize when things are happening, say, in the life of Anna Nicole Smith. Mm. I missed a few key developments last year and the year before. So when we were talking about it this weekend on the show, Monica and I, you and I were reliving and actually acting out some of the interview that happened Friday night on the Larry King show. Right. That was very, that was the most you know, entertaining part of the weekend for me was yeah. these, this Jaja Gabor's, the Prince, uh, Prince Von Jaja claiming that he may be the father of Anna Nicole Smith's. Yes. At the, begin- at the beginning of the interview, he claimed to be the father. By the end of the, the grueling interview by Larry King, he said, no, any one of 30 or 100 guys could be the father. So I'm not sure what was going on with that. But then we followed up that discussion with a headline I had pulled off the internet about how the stepson of E. Pierce Marshall, or the stepson of the guy that had married Anna Nicole Smith. The old rich guy. Yeah, the old rich guy, the stepson that had been suing her for the money, had died. Yeah. And this was news to me. You you present, (laughs) you you were like, holy cow, he died yesterday. I'm like, these people are dropping like flies. (laughs) What is up with this Anna Nicole and everyone who comes near her? And I was just shocked that this could have all happened in the same week. And I didn't even get from here, our radio studio in Burbank, California, to my home in Santa Monica, California, before the emails started flooding in. Of course, you knew that the guy died in June. (laughs) Thank you, Marilyn, for writing to me. Thank you, Stephanie, for writing to me. You were very nice to, like, point out my mistake. Marilyn says, just thought you would want to know. I did want to know. And and Stephanie, she still wants to know. Love your show. Okay. Okay. We we appreciate that. Yeah, Liz. Just steer clear of anything that happens in South Florida, for instance. <laughs> that is not a good area for you whatsoever. It's not. It's no. not. I no. don't know what. I just I just got carried away. Mm-hmm. So that is our first official correction. And now here's something we'll just call an illumination. Okay. An elucidation. <laughs> uh, an expansion <laughs> of something that came up on Satellite Sisters this weekend. We were discussing the fact that Harvard University was about to name the first woman ever to be president of the university. That apparently every 371 years, they name a female president of the university. And uh, It is exciting news. Good for her. Yes. And she is a very noted, she's a leading Civil War scholar, Leanne. Mm. Uh, and she's been at the university for quite a while and has really an impressive academic career. Uh, but Larry Summers, you may recall, was the president of Harvard, and he was fired or finally they got rid of him last year because he had speculated openly that maybe the reason women hadn't gotten further in the sciences is because they just lacked the genetic capability and were willing to work hard enough. They didn't want to work hard enough. Yeah, no drive. Anyway, so so this new woman was named president of Harvard University. Yay for her. Uh, Her name is Drew Gilpin Faust. And Sheila was just ruminating on the show this weekend that it's a shame that the first woman president of Harvard 
didn't have a woman's name. Yeah. A woman's name. <laughs> she had a man's name. That, True. Uh, she thought Drew Gilpin Faust could just as easily be a man. And it's too bad that her name wasn't Mary yeah. or something like that. So it was really, really obvious. And we were just having a little fun with that. And then I opened the paper uh, today, and there's a whole profile of her in the New York Times. And I would just like to say, as part of our illumination elucidation, her full name is Catherine Drew Gilpin Faust. So oh, we're very happy wow. that even though she's always been known by Drew, mm -hmm. she actually does have a woman's first name. Oh, phew. <laughs> that is good news. Yeah, so there you go. Okay, That's well, it. Sheila's on vacation all this week, but I'm sure that when she gets back, we can fill her in on that. That'll make her really she happy. She will be very happy to hear. Hey, lots more coming up in the show. We are going to fill you in on the Valentine's Day contest. We're giving away a great gift basket. We're going to tell you how you can win. Also, if you have a love situation going on and you want a real astrologer, not Sheila, but a real astrologer to read your love chart, we're going to give you the details on how you may be chosen for that. But first, please, if you live near a lake and it's snowing, could you call me, 866-33-SISTER, what is lake effect snow? If they You've say, never heard of that? No. If they say it one more time on the weather report without explaining it, it's going to drive me mad. Mad. 866-33-SISTER. Stay with us. weather channel no when you can just ask a question on the air what is lake effect snow and we get many many helpful calls our number is 866-33-SISTER but i think we're getting to the bottom of the whatever lake effect snow is right well did you notice this weekend i noticed it started late in the week last week people talking weather people talking about the tremendous snows in upstate new york and they kept using this term lake effect snow at one point all the weather all the anchor people were playing along like they knew what it was too when they showed a picture from space i kid you not and they were like look lake effect snow from space you can see it on the satellite and i of course am sitting here going what is lake effect snow leon you've never heard of lake effect snow no at monica i lived in wyoming i know snow i just have right. never well, heard there, of that there aren't any big lakes in wyoming no. i guess it's because i my last job i used to travel a lot to the midwest like to milwaukee and chicago so i was familiar with the term lake effect snow however i didn't know Lake effect snow could yield like 12 feet of snow. All right. Well, we're going to go to the experts, the Canadians. All right. Dolores <laughs> is calling us from Ontario, Canada. Hey, Dolores. Hi. Okay. So you're sitting on Lake Ontario right now. I am. I live two miles from Lake Ontario. Okay. What is this thing they call lake effect snow? Lake effect, lake effect snow is where the moisture from the lake or any large body of water starts picking up and adding to the snow clouds. And the winds going across the end of the lake will 
churn out more snow than what is in the other rest of the area. Like, it can be 10 miles away, it'll be sunny and nothing, and then right around that curve of the lake will be like 36 inches because of all the moisture coming off the lake. Now, do you have lake effect snow specialists there in Canada, just weathermen that just completely focus on lake effect snow? Oh, everyone's an expert. Everyone's an expert. (laughs) So how much snow do you have there now? Right now we have about four inches, but we're expecting a big winter storm tonight. Okay, so then you'll get 172 inches if (laughs) if Chad Myers on CNN has his way. (laughs) All right. Dolores, thank you for calling for calling and explaining that to me. Okay, we have to talk to David in St. Louis. Yes, we do. I appreciate this. David, you're an attorney, David, but what do you really want to be? I really want to be a meteorologist. Yeah, how did that happen that you didn't get into meteorology? I don't know. All this, um, I, I don't like to get up too early in the morning. I think you have to start very early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So, so you knew, you had heard of lake effect snow. I have. Uh, what, now, as an amateur meteorologist, do you watch the Weather Channel all the time? Um, I'm glued to it. Okay. okay. What's your favorite weather event? Um, my favorite weather event is a good snowstorm. Okay. All right. And is it snowing there in St. Louis now? It is raining right now, but it's supposed to turn to snow later today. Oh. <laughs> well said, David. Well said. You can, Don't worry. You're, you're the Satellite Sisters meteorologist. David, thank you for calling. And just one more, Paula in Minnesota. She grew up in Canada, okay, but now you live in, uh, in Minnesota. And what, what, in your mind, is lake effect snow? Are we getting it right, Paula? You are getting it right. I was at uh, the tip of Lake Ontario across from Syracuse where they've got the 12 feet from last week's snowfall. And your first caller was exactly right in terms of the lake just picks up a lot more moisture and kicks it right to the shore. So where we lived, we could get, you know, two feet. And my girlfriend who was an hour in or closer to Toronto and north of Toronto would get maybe a, a dusting. It was, it made me irate sometimes, but the boys got a lot more snow days. Yeah. It was good. Nice movie and, and peanut brittle time, but other than that, no, it's a pain in the butt to drive. <laughs> All right, Paula, there you go, summing it up beautifully. The snow days, though, you know, I feel for those mothers, the parents. Those kids have been off for like seven days. I read today they were finally going back to school. But that is so much fun That's, when you're a kid. Yeah, but and movies you have that and peanut brittle. I, I know. I want to have a snow day at Paula's house. Oh, Lee, and I saw this really funny story in the paper today. It's kind of a Ferris Bueller type story. Okay, now what these students did was wrong, clearly wrong, <laughs> but it's still a funny prank. These two high school girls, they were teenagers in Ohio, and they somehow got the password for their school district's website, and they posted a fake snow day notice <gasps> on the site. Fantastic. I'm sorry, that is a good prank. That is an excellent prank. That's like a movie prank. It is. And so the school, it said the school was closed due to weather. And so all the parents were confused because it was dry. There was no snow <laughs> in the forecast. Oh, that I, was their problem. <laughs> I think a lot of kids took us as an opportunity to stay home from school because they're like, it's on the website, Mom. (laughs) But uh, you know what? They were caught, and uh, they're going to be expelled, so that's too bad. But it was a good prank. That (laughs) seems a little strong. (laughs) Well...
the right. they didn't really hack into the school's website, but they knew the password, and that is wrong, Liz. Yeah, <laughs> it seems very enterprising. <laughs> wrong to me. but funny. Wrong yeah, funny. but funny. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh, the call still coming in on Lake Effect Snow. I want to talk to Marcia because she's in Buffalo, and they oh, man. they just had like a hundred thousand inches of Lake Effect Snow. So I want to get to the bottom of that, and then we're going to tell you about the Valentine's Day contest. Stay with us if you haven't entered yet. You can still win a great gift basket. We're the Satellite Sisters. Satellite Sisters, I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here with my sisters, Leon Dolan and Monica Dolan. Our phone number is 866-33-SISTER. That's 866-337-4783. And to email us, just go to SatelliteSisters.com. Coming up in a couple of minutes, we're going to tell you how to win a great gift basket from us on Valentine's Day. Or also, if you would like famous astrologer Shelley Ackerman to do a love reading for you on Valentine's Day, you might be able to score that at SatelliteSisters.com too. But first, Leanne, more more breaking weather news here. Well, just one more call on lake effect snow. I had never heard that term before, and that this weekend every meteorologist was using that term. I didn't know what it was. I figured it had something to do with snow near a lake. And I think <laughs> you have logical. cleared it up for me. Thank you so much. It's a snowstorm that actually happens over the lake and it has something to do with the water temperature being warmer than the land temperature. But we have the expert on because she claims nobody knows more about lake effect snow than somebody from Buffalo, New York. Marsha, how are you today? Hello. I'm fine. How are you? Okay. So how much snow did you just get, Marsha? Uh, over last weekend, we got four feet. <gasps> wow. Oh, wow. Right. And the standard abbreviation, just so you know, Yo. L-E-S. 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 So I love you be right on top of things. Oh, that is good. I love that. Okay, now, do you... so when you see the forecast, L-E-S, you know what it means. Okay. I, I, it's not going to happen here in California, Marsha. No, sure. <laughs> that's for sure. When you, when you look across the nation, you know, a lot of the meteorologists around here especially use that term. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. That is good to know, Marsha. That's some good lingo. Four I'm feet just... of snow. Yeah. What did you do with four feet of snow, Marsha? Where'd oh, you put it? We just our way out. We just made like a little tunnel out our back door. You know, we got to the garage. We got the snow blower out, did the driveway, you know, did the neighbor's driveway. Everybody just carries on. We're just used to it around here. I know you are. You're you're snow you're right. snow wonderful. <laughs> you're, snow, you're snow savvy. Snow wonderful. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marcia, thank you for your phone call. L E S. I'm feeling good now. Hey, Dave from um, Missouri, did you hear that? L E S. You might want to drop that in to <laughs> some of your weather reports that you give there at your law office. L E S. You know what, Lee and Valentine's Day is coming up, and I, I'm happy to report that. Being one of the single sisters, I've already received two Valentines. 
You two have totally oh. legitimate. One from um, our nephew and niece, Leo and Fiona, mm-hmm. sent me a beautiful Valentine's from Ben. And mom and dad. Oh, excellent. Left me some chocolates and some little pink paper wrapped in some pink little things. So I'm feeling pretty good. That's I'm good. I'm two ahead because Lord knows I'm gonna not going to get a Valentine from man this year. <laughs> okay, so you're I, embracing the holiday fully, Monica? Right, but I am not bitter, Liz. I am not bitter. No, I'm not bitter. I... I Valentine's Day is a fun uh, holiday if you have someone that you love in your life. That's all I'm going to say. But there is this whole anti-Valentine's Day movement that has been happening. And oh, I really? Guess, yeah, I guess greeting card companies, you know, they might have made up the holiday, Valentine's Day, Leon. Yeah. But now they're trying to capitalize on people that don't really like Valentine's. Okay. So now they're creating cards that are like for people that hate Valentine's Day or cards for single people that they know are never going to have a Valentine. Um, or well, not never is a, a strong word. Well, not going to have a Valentine <laughs> this week. So if okay. you feel compelled to send me one of those, go ahead. I will enjoy it. But I also read about all these other uh, cities that are having sort of special events. Like there's uh, a company in Cleveland, I think, and they have one of those pub crawl things uh-huh. where you go on a bus and it's a singles party and you go to a bunch of brew pubs and someone else is driving, the bus driver, yeah. who is not visiting the brew Pub, but now they're billing it as like an anti-Valentine's Day thing. And then I love this. There's a bowling alley at a nightclub in downtown Cleveland, and they are throwing a party that is called Love Spare Me. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. And it said it's like bowling and a party with uh, special Love Stinks drink specials. So I wish I was going there. And also there's a guy, Matt Brick, in California, and he has kind of an anti-Valentine's Day internet site. And he has a T-shirt that says, I think, therefore, I am single. And he said, oh, that is harsh. Okay, that's harsh. That is harsh. Oh, I think it's funny. (laughs) Uh, If you want to get me one of those, Leanne, go right ahead. So he said around Valentine's Day, their sales increase for the I think, therefore, I am single T-shirts and bumper stickers. I think as someone who's not single, I just object to that idea that I am thoughtless. Uh, the, the unthinking. Right. Without thinking. All right. Well, Monica, on the opposite end of the spectrum, this is a pretty cute Valentine's Day item. They have these specially um, hand-done uh, romance novels that you can order. They're personalized for you and your sweetheart. Oh, so okay? you and your husband are like in a bodice ripper? Exactly, Monica. You can <gasps> get something like ER Fever or... <laughs> Pirates of Desire. Oh, right. that That's is hilarious. Funny. Isn't like, that even, funny? Like if your husband is an accountant, they kind of juice it up, sex it up. Well, not in the romance novel. In the romance novel, Racing Hearts, he would be the race car driver, which oh. is what my husband has always wanted to be. So customers answer 20 to 30 questions about themselves and their beloved, everything from your body type to your pet name. And then they have eight pre-formatted novels, and then they just weave these details into the novel. funny. Isn't it funny? And then yeah. this, this is great because then you can send them your picture and they put that on the cover. You know, the covers that of those really books? That is really funny. Yeah, but they, do they give you like the raven hair? <laughs> if you say flowing, flowing behind you because I don't really want a picture of myself on the cover of the romance novel. Monica, if you want the raven hair, they'll give you the raven hair. <laughs> now, here's the deal, though. They're not, they're not explicit novels. You know, uh-huh. it's not... There's not any sex in the novel, but there are a lot of stolen kisses. And they stay away from a couple of tricky topics. Religion, 
and marriage, okay? You wouldn't think marriage would be that tricky a topic in a romance novel, but that's not really how it ends. But it's the traditional, you know, a tense plot, a happy ending, the stolen kisses, and there you go. And it's about 35 bucks. You can get it. It also seems like a great gift for a bridal shower. Like, you know if you what? had a friend that's who was getting idea, married, Liz. that would be a really cute gift for a bridal shower. Yeah, Books by You is the name of the company that does this. Books by You. You know what? That's really a funny gift for a bridal shower. Yeah, because that would be fun for, you know, a young bride to have. Yeah, because you only have to order one book at a time. I was reading about a book called... (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully, yeah, they'll only get married once. (laughs) I was reading about a book called Permission to Party, written by someone named Jill Murphy Long. And she was uh, suggesting other kinds of parties to have. And one was sort of Valentine's Day related, because she said you could have a story exchange this seems like you could get your single girlfriends around on Valentine's Eve. Each guest brings 20 single dollar bills and you put it in a pot. And as each guest shares her horror story, the other guests have to vote on a deserved dollar amount. Oh, so that's like funny. Your worst date, your worst breakup, your worst boyfriend, that would all be really bad. So anyway, so throw that out as an idea if you're looking for Valentine's Day. <laughs> that's pretty funny. And then these are just some romantic sounding places where you could spend valentine's day oh, Liz. if you chose like did you know that there is a valentine nebraska oh, doesn't that sound romantic <laughs> it does well, L- loving up. <laughs> loving county texas oh that's oh. cute wondering what goes on there if how you... about boring oregon is that on the list because <laughs> that is the name of an actual town outside of portland is that where you will be spending your valentine's I, uh, yes Eve? I, I think that's where i'm headed wednesday night boring oregon uh, monica i am sensing a little bit of attitude there when I you're know. talking about this okay all right you know there's a town actually in illinois called fidelity illinois Fidelity. Okay, and that they, doesn't sound all well, that they, exciting. They, well, again, <laughs> it's not, well, is it's it not near, romantic. Is it near Romeoville, Illinois? Because okay. there's one of those. That sounds cute. But at Fidelity, they, they get extra mail this time of year because people want their Valentine's stamped Fidelity, Illinois. So oh. there you go. You can send them like a big pile of mail and they'll stamp it for you. Oh, oh. oh Liz, I thought that was a thoughtful gesture. Okay, yes. never mind. No, no, very nice. Can I read one more piece of email yeah. before, before we move on? Yeah. Because this came, this was something you talked about last week, Leanne, and Carolyn in Farmington Hills, Michigan was listening. Uh-oh, do we have to issue an apology no, or a correction? No, okay. She has self-diagnosed. You were talking about... The face recognition problem that some people have? Face blindness. Face blindness. That's what you have. Right. You can look at people you actually know, and you just don't absorb their faces. I do not connect who they are or what they look like. Dr. Gupta, Sanjay Gupta, explained this all to you. So you explained it to us. And Carolyn would like to thank you because she said she just feels a lot better knowing there's an actual medical reason she did not recognize her boss at the mall last Christmas. Oh, my gosh. She said to see him out of context. There he was. He was at the mall holding a bag from Yankee Candle, wearing some kind of ski jacket. He was totally out of context, but somehow he expected me to recognize him. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what, Carolyn? He's your boss. <laughs> I mean, he's not like a, a, an, an acquaintance or the mailman that you see every once in a while. So maybe no, she Monica, does have a degree of face blindness. Yes. I, I think Carolyn and I are in the same camp. Carolyn, this is Liz. Thank you so much. Leon diagnosed me and you in turn. So thanks for writing in. If you want to send us an email, just go to SatelliteSisters.com. Liz, one in 50 people have some form of face blindness, they think now. I'm just saying, it's pretty serious, Caroline. Sounds like you should go see a doctor. Mm -hmm. At this point, I need to step out of your medical diagnosis. She has suffered.
suffered from it her entire life, according to her email. There you and go. she was just happy to hear from you and Sanjay Gupta. All right, coming up next, we're talking about the Satellite Sisters Valentine's Day Dream Contest. We are giving away a great gift basket here on Valentine's Day, but you have to tell us what your dream Valentine's Day is. We'll give you the details when we return. Satellite Sisters, I'm Liz Dolan, here with Leon and Monica Dolan. And Leon, you've taken, you've sort of invented your own, um, it's kind of a sport. It's but a kind, watchdog group. Kind of, <laughs> I was going to say it's a sport meets a science, but it's a watchdog group. I really think of it as a watchdog group. And that, of course, I'm talking about the weddings and celebrations section in the New York Times. Uh-huh. Okay, sometimes they feature these weddings that I just think, for reasons, should not be featured. Uh-huh. Okay? We've, we've seen grooms that are just unpleasant people featured, grooms wearing kilts. That's no good. We've had other people that have <laughs> mysterious business backgrounds. That's no good either. And apparently this is catching on. Oh, my, really? My watchdog group, jo- Rose, has joined my group. Okay? She said, I like to listen to you on the Garden State Parkway. That, of course, is in New Jersey. And she says, I share your love-hate relationship with the weekly spy- spotlighted wedding couple in the Sunday Times. And she's an excellent writer, this Rose. She said, the story itself is pretty typical of the genre, boy meets girl, roadblocks to happiness appear, and in the end, love conquers all, segue to the tasteful wedding at a fabulous, at a fabulous location. Yeah, that's well, pretty this, much the, yeah, the drill. This week, Rose and I spotted the same egregious wedding announcement in Leon, the New York Times. so did I. Okay, here's the thing. You see this couple, uh, and you're thinking, good for the New York Times. They're featuring an older couple who's reunited in love later in life. This has the making nice. of a fantastic story, doesn't it? Yeah, like, right. They inspirational. Fell in, they fell in love the summer when they were both 16 and 17, and finally, 44 years later, here they are walking down the aisle. I thought it was really a romantic story. It, fantastic. The beginning. it was. In the beginning, her parents, they were insistent that she go on and get her education. They didn't like this boy. They didn't think he was going to be good for her. They forced her to go to med school. So the young couple broke up and they weren't allowed to see each other. And of course, he becomes an astrophysicist. So yeah, those guys aren't any good. But anyway, <laughs> the woman becomes a doctor. He becomes the astrophysicist. Several marriages ensue for both of them, Yeah, including living off the land, which we can't even get into, Rose. <laughs> We don't have time. Gross. That one of them was living off the land. I'm not really so sure about that. Red flag right there. So the woman in the couple gets divorced for the second time and does what any sensible woman would do. She hunts up her old boyfriend on Google. Okay. Right. And, and they, they correspond for five years. Yeah. Leon, did you see that fact? By yeah. email. Five years. Well, he again living off the land with his wife. Okay. Oh, he's married. married. And married. Yes. Married, Liz. He's married. And then they agree to meet on a river rafting trip. Uh-huh. Where he tells his wife 
I'm going on a river rafting trip, but fails to mention the fact that this woman that he's been corresponding with for five years, who we loved, you know, 40 years ago, is going to be on the trip. Oh. This, Rose, I share your astonishment. Because this is all laid out in the New York Times. Totally timelined, Rose. Everything. We have to know every detail. Like, oh, yeah, told my wife I was going, but I didn't tell her I had a potential girlfriend there. And then, Rose, you were right. We have to know then when they had sex on oh, the trip. Oh, that's my in the wedding announcement? Well, not in so many words, Liz, but there's references to sleeping bags and how close their sleeping bags got to each other and how they dragged them away from the group. Ew. Rosa, Rosa Ew. I, sh- I share your astonishment. <laughs> Rose asked this question that we ask at our watchdog group. Since when is dating another woman while married a topic so sweet that it becomes part of a romantic backstory? Go figure. Rose, I could not have said it better myself. Rose, thank you for joining our watchdog group, the Satellite Sisters here, always looking at wedding announcements in the New York Times. But we want to encourage you because we can only read so many papers. Yeah, we try to get around, but there's only so much we can read. Well, I I love quirky wedding announcements where the the reception is quirky or they do something unusual. I love those. I think they're sweet. So we would encourage you to send them to us at SatelliteSisters.com from your local paper if there's a wedding announcement that catches your eye. Either in its outrageousness, like this one, Rose, you're absolutely right. Or just in its quirkiness, you can go ahead and send them to us at SatelliteSisters.com. All right. Uh, If you really want to know what's up in your love life in the future, you know, you don't have to run off on a rafting trip with your high school boyfriend, whatever. While you're married. Thank you very much, New York Times. (laughs) You can just get in line to have Shelly Ackerman. You know, she's our satellite sister astrologer. She's been with us on the show before. On Valentine's Day, one lucky person person is going to get a special chart reading from Shelly. This is exciting. This would be really fun. She's a big time astrologer. Yeah, she is. So here's what you have to do. You have to email your question to us. Go to SatelliteSisters.com. And along with whatever you want to know about your future, you have to send us your exact date and time of birth. And be sure to be specific about AM or PM and your place of birth. Because Shelly's actually going to do your chart. So she needs to know city, state, time, year, all of that. And we're going to take all of the entries and we're going to pick one and somebody's going to get selected. Just one. We can only pick one. That's all we have time for. But that is exciting. Yeah. And if you have a love dilemma, that's particularly exciting. To she us, was. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps not to you. <laughs> so just go to SatelliteSisters.com and send us that email. You know, she was on the Today Show this weekend doing the charts for Campbell Brown and Lester Holt. So mm, it's I'm risky to have someone do your charts on the air. I mean, yeah. you've done it before. I know, I have. I, I, I shy away from that kind of stuff. Really? Makes, no, it makes me nervous. I would never want the public to know. I mean, what if I'm stuck in the wrong job, in the wrong marriage, with the wrong people? <laughs> That's no good. All right, so just to get this straight, we're asking you for many things at SatelliteSisters.com. You can enter the Valentine's Dream Day contest and win a great gift basket. Or you can send us your love situation and all the details we need for an astrological reading. All the information is at SatelliteSisters.com. That's SatelliteSisters.com. We're the Satellite Sisters.